Hello, my friends. This is Reverend Judith Laxer. The service for November 2021 was Zoom bombed. And so the podcast you're about to listen to might feel a little choppy because we had to edit out the disruption. And also when we come back in, we reground ourselves and reorient. So because that's going to seem very sudden, I just wanted to come on and let you know that that is what you're listening to. Thanks so much for hanging in there with us. Blessed be. Hello, this is Reverend Judith Laxer. Thank you for listening to the podcast of our service entitled The River of Life. My wish is that the food for thought offered nourishes your soul. The Guy's Temple Ministry is sustained by generous donations such as yours, and we need your financial support. If everyone donated just $3 each time they listen and receive the service, that reciprocity would ensure our continuance. If you feel served by listening and wish to donate to help support our ministry, please push the donate button now and give generously. We'd be most grateful. Thank you and blessed be. Okay, well... I want to begin this service today by talking about our recent Samhain ritual, our Samhain celebration, because it was truly remarkable. The priestesses who created and held the sacred space were amazing. The journey to meet our ancestors and what happened there, for me anyway, was one of the most profound experiences I have ever had. And I've been at this for a few decades now. So it really was extraordinary. I want to thank everyone who attended and for bringing your presence because it's what happens when all of us are there together. And it always amazes me um, how palpable it is, even over cyberspace. We still feel the energy together, even though it's online. It's just extraordinary. So I uh, just want to say that if you have never joined any of our rituals before, I think you should. I think you should give it a go just to see what it's like to experience that deep magic in such loving community, that we are able to hold that kind of energetic so beautifully well. So I hope you'll join us. And uh, as Stina mentioned before, our next one will be Yule, which is Saturday night, December 18th at 7 o'clock. And I hope that you tune in and, and bring your mojo and we'll all have the magic together for Yule. I'd like us to stay in that place that Samhain brings us to for a while, the place of deep reflection, deep contemplation on the greater mysteries of life and death. We're still in the darkest eighth of the year, so let's stay fully present with it while we are here. You know, I don't want us to be so quick to move on and just say, oh, well, that was Samhain. That was, you know, that's when we see the ancestors. And that's, oh, yeah, that was about death. Now it's, you know, now we're on to something else. Let's, like, dwell here for a little while. Because there's beauty and depth to be had by staying present with what's going on as we go through the wheel of the year, not just on those Sabbaths. Because what happens when we uh, give ourselves a time to consider those deeper mysteries our mortality and the impermanence of everything and our beloved dead is that it leads us to contemplate why we are here to begin with and also what we wish to make of our lives 
while we are. And I think it's always good to do that. And one of the reasons why I love the Wheel of the Year is that even if our, in our busy lives we don't do that very often, we come to this dark time of the year where it is very conducive to that. And so nature gives us the opportunity every year to drop down into these deeper mysteries. And we don't want to miss them by just, you know, click, 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 moving forward. One of the things that we find following the wheel is this very interesting dichotomy. It shows us the contrasts constantly. We appreciate the summer more when we are in the darkness of winter. We appreciate the time of growth and abundance uh, when we are in the fallow. And similarly, when we cozy up to death, we truly appreciate being alive. So this past August, I, um, I have a whole bunch of CDs in my car and whenever I'm out there driving, I, you know, I'm listening to my CDs. I still have a CD player in my car, that's how old it is. Anyway, I have this little pocket where I keep all of them and when I'm finished listening to one, I just reach in and pull any one out uh, without looking for anything specifically, just to see what comes up. And I pulled out this CD of Teresa, who is gonna be singing for us today, Teresa Duduri, and it's called The River of Life. I'm like, I don't think I ever listened to this album. And of course I put it in and it was just magnificent. When I heard the title song, The River of Life, I just put it on repeat. And I listened to it again and again and again. And this happens for me a lot with Teresa's songs. There are such gems and they are stories and they are so beautiful. And I just let myself absorb the music, the lyrics, and of course, that gorgeous voice of hers. Um, listening to The River of Life, I felt inspired. And of course, I loved the metaphor. And because the metaphor of our lives as a river or the river of life is a beautiful metaphor and it's just perfect. And I will try not to exhaust that metaphor today, but no promises. That metaphor can be seen as the river, as both the carrier that carries us through our lives, but also the river that shapes us in our lives. And using the metaphor of the river of life that carries us along through life, we know that these things are true. The first is that rivers are in motion, like life, like us. They are not rooted like in the realm of flora, right? They move, rivers move, we move, we can perambulate. And even when our lives might feel a little bit sedentary, our life still moves, it still moves forward in time. We move forward in time, and if we get to be here for a while, we will age. We will get to see what it's like to be a child, and then an adult, and then an elder. And um, this is a blessing, my friends. It's not always easy, but it is a blessing. The other thing we can know, using this river of life as a metaphor, is that rivers are on a trajectory, like life, like us. We're going somewhere, even if we don't know exactly where it is that we are going. We might not see the big picture of our lives while we are involved in living it, but we're going somewhere. And we can be assured that the trajectory that our lives is taking us, taking us will bring us to and through the lessons that we are here to learn for us to grow and develop 
and hopefully mature. Whether we like those lessons or not, they're still good lessons. And don't worry, because if we don't get those lessons, um, there's plenty more. If we don't get them the first time around, the river of life will bring us around to another lesson, no problem at all. Rivers pick up things along the way. They pick up things in the river as they flow, like life and like us. I just find it so interesting that we come here with nothing and we leave with nothing, in love with form, and then we start collecting. Now, some of the things we collect just because they're pretty and they're wonderful. Some of the things um, last time, find that circle that is surrounding and protecting all of us. Excellent. All right, we'll take a nice deep breath and we'll come back here. Okay. Yeah, wow, that is such an interesting thing to me. Why there would be people who would want to do something like that. I just don't understand it. I understand if this isn't your thing, if this is not your brand of spirituality, if it's not something that you believe in or cotton to, or if it doesn't work for you, but the desire to ruin it for others is an interesting thing to me. And I recognize that that usually comes from people who are not feeling very powerful in their own lives. And so they seek to do things like this to feel like they have some agency. And I just wish that, you know, the agency that people have would be <laughs> for the highest good, you know, not to try to trash somebody or something. But what I will ask all of us to do right now is to find the love in our hearts. And in a moment, let's take a nice deep breath. And when we exhale, let's send the energy out of love to those people so that we counter this madness with love. And perhaps somehow they will feel loved and kind of take a nice deep breath. So let's find the love in our hearts for those, let's find the love and the compassion in our hearts for those who try to ruin things for others, ruin beautiful things for others, understanding that that comes from a very wounded place within themselves. Let's find our compassion for that. And let's find and recognize that they probably do not feel loved. And let's find our unconditional love. And we'll take a nice deep breath now. And we'll send it out to them on the exhale. That's the way to go, I think. I am going to take a moment here and I'm going to just, I'm sorry, I have to text Teresa and tell her to come back on. I'm going to do that right now. Come back on. Okay, great. Here we are. So 
Where was I? I was on the river of life. I was talking about the metaphor of the river of life and how we know and how similar that river is to our own lives by these things, that it is in motion like us, that it is on a trajectory like we are, that we pick up stuff along the way, and that some of the things that we pick up are necessary to live very healthy lives. There she is. Great. And some of the things that we collect bring pleasure and beauty. And some of the things that we collect are things that we want to give to other people. So there's nothing inherently wrong with collecting the beauty that we find in the earth or in our earthly experience. But some of the things that we collect um, are not healthy or can become burdensome. And we, the good news is that we can let them drop into life's current. We can let them drop. We can always let go of the things that we have collected. That is, if we haven't become identified with them and if we are willing to let them go. Those are big ifs, but they're important ifs. And I think as we journey along the river of life, it's a really good idea to take a look at what we are collecting. Because if we are collecting too much, or if we are collecting the wrong things, that can make our boat pretty heavy. And we don't want to sink. We want that current to continue to have us floating along. Rivers meander also, like us, like life. There may be straight segments of rivers, but rivers are not linear. The force of the water goes this way and that way, just like we do in life. We might say that we have a goal and we're headed over here, but getting to that goal might take us this way and that way. Also, we know that, um, you know, the water comes rushing down the mountain and forms a river. It's carving through land. Sometimes it comes upon a really big boulder and the water must rush around the boulder. So there's two things about that. One is we're going to find boulders in our lives. We're going to hit up against some boulders in our lives. And sometimes the best we can do is navigate around them and move on. Sometimes we can't, no matter how hard we try, we might not be strong enough to push the boulder. That is the burden, the challenge, the problem. We might not be strong enough to push that and make any progress. Our progress might be to say, this boulder is here and I need to go around it like the wise water does. The other thing I want to say about that is that when we go around that boulder, we might think that we have gone completely halfway around that boulder and as we move forward again, that we are still on the same trajectory. But sometimes we hit up against a boulder and it moves us. And when we come around it, we might not be exactly where we were when we were in front of the boulder. We might be a little bit off. And so as we continue on our trajectory, trajectory, we end up someplace completely different. This is also part of the beauty of life. We think we're going somewhere, but we might end up somewhere else. We think we're supposed to become this, but we might end up that. We think we're going this way, but we turned out going that way. That's part of the current of life. And when we look at the river of life as a metaphor, like our spirit that carries us, our desires that carry us, it's good to go with the flow. Sometimes what we think we want, what we're shooting for, might not be what the goddess had intended for us. And we might find as time goes on, 
that um, we end up in a very different place. All that to say that sometimes in the river of life, those boulders can make us really upset and frustrated, uh, but sometimes, often, probably all the time, they are exactly where they need to be. And whatever it is that we encounter when we come up against that boulder is exactly what we needed for us to learn and grow. Rivers sometimes flow really, really quickly, like in the spring, when the glaciers start to melt or what have you. That water is flowing really fast, like life. And sometimes they are stagnant, like life, like us. Sometimes our lives seem to drag on forever, like the time of this pandemic just seems to be going on forever and forever and forever. But sometimes our life seems so accelerated that we can't keep up. It's an interesting thing about how that river carries us. So there are times when our lives may seem to be stagnant and we lose momentum, but we always move on. We always eventually move on because the river of life carries us. The rivers are mighty. The river of life is mighty and it changes the topography like us like life. We, um, we carve our rivers, carve their way through the land. And over time, the water of life rushing a certain way again and again and again creates a new landscape, just as we carve our mark on the world also by the things that we do. And often the things that we do repeatedly, we create a new landscape. Sometimes the river ride is amazing and we love it. Sometimes the river carries us into very treacherous waters and we are fearful or sorrowful or angry, angry waters, and we rage and we grieve. But a ride is a ride and we are on it. We are in that river and we are all in that river together and it carries us. And so now Teresa is going to sing to us all about that. Good. 
Thank you, Teresa. Thank you so much. I'm looking for that little reaction thing. Yay, clap, 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 clap. Thank you, sweetheart. That was just so beautiful. You can see why that song inspired me when I heard it. I just listened to it over and over and over again. So Thanksgiving is coming right up. What? How did that happen? Holy moly. And our consciousness turns toward our blessings and what we are grateful for. Of course, we don't just count our blessings in November, connect to our ancestors in October, and contemplate the light that we are in the world in December. Right? These are things that happen in an ongoing way. They should be ongoing practices, and hopefully they are. Regardless of the faith path that you walk, I would highly recommend, if nothing else, that your ongoing spiritual practice is to stay connected to your ancestors, to continually count your blessings, and to shine your light in the world the best you can as often as possible. That's the kind of the world I know that we all want to live in. Instead, what we see are some troubles and dangers out there, kind of like what happened not too long ago 
they are real, as we can see. If you are in any way awake on planet Earth right now, you know what I am talking about. Recently, I read these words on social media by Chris Zidell, and I wanted to share it with you as both a reflection and a directive. She writes, my heart is breaking. My mind is reeling. My body is shaking. My emotions ranging from grief to rage to terror to despair, simply trying to make room in my own being for my oh-so-human responses to what's happening in our world right now. And today I have work to do, good and holy work, work that requires me to show up, to be present to myself, to my people, to my spirit, to life itself. And I will do that work and continue to do that work because like always, that work is there to be done. I just thought that was so beautiful as it's, it's one of those, you know, we, we want to just crawl away into a hole and go into denial, but there's work to be done. And it can be a both end. We can have those difficult emotions, but we must keep doing the work. It is easier for us to shine our light in the world when we stay connected to our ancestors, feeling their love, their guidance, and their strength from the other side, when we continually count our blessings. This is the true work, I think. And no matter what our jobs are that hopefully keep a roof over our head and food on the table and clothes on our backs, this is the true work to keep showing up, to keep showing up to do the right work, to stay connected to the ancestors and to keep counting our blessings and shining our own light. Our ancestors give us strength and guidance to shine our light into the world. Counting our blessings buoys us along the river of life. So let's take a moment now and count our blessings, shall we? We do this at every November service. So if you would once more, close your eyes and go within and find your grounding cord deep in the earth that you sent down at the beginning of the service. And if you haven't done that, go ahead and ground yourself now. Bring yourself very present to this moment and take a nice deep breath. And then think for a moment about how well you are right here and right now. In this moment, you are here. You are well enough to be here. You are safe where you are. We are alive and we are free. And so let's lift our hearts in gratitude for these blessings. Imagine that you can pull a metaphoric string and your heart actually lifts within your rib cage. And it feels better when it lifts. So go ahead and lift it now. It rises in the awareness of these blessings that you are well and here. Lift your heart in thanks for this gift. And now think about the love in your life, about who you love and who loves you. And if you can't think of anyone who loves you, think about me because I love you. And think about what you love in your life or what you love about your life. And think about how love in any and all of its forms makes life worth living. And lift your heart in gratitude for that gift.
And now let's think of some of the practical things in our lives. Think about your home, the roof over your head, even if it's not your roof, your clothing. Hey, don't go hungry. All the blessings of your creature comforts that sustain you in a good way. Let's just take a moment and think about all of those beautiful, practical gifts. That water comes right to us when we turn on the tap and we can turn on the heat and turn on the lights and go to the fridge and find what we need to keep our bellies full. We are blessed and we lift our hearts in gratitude for those gifts. And now let's just take a moment of silence and in your heart and in your soul, count whatever other blessings you might have. I'm sure you have many more. Think about what those are and continually lift your heart in gratitude. And take another deep breath. Gently bring yourself back here. Recently, I finished reading a fabulous book called Belonging, Remembering Ourselves Home by Toko Pa Turner. It's fantastic. I wish I wrote that book. <laughs> I loved it so much. I loved her language. I loved everything that she had to say. On the chapter from uh, on gratefulness in this book, Belonging, Remembering Ourselves, there's this beautiful couple of paragraphs that she had that I wanted to share with you. She says, as we pay respectful gratitude for the jewels strewn throughout a day, pleasure begins to reach and flow through us. We become more generous of spirit, not simply in the sense of giving things away to others, but as a demeanor. Like an open door to the divine, pleasure is an invitation to joy that we may live more fully in our lives. Breathe into the fullness of your expanded self and consider what presents itself as fear may actually be exhilaration. So I want to stop here for a moment because that is a very interesting thing. Fear might actually be exhilaration because the physiological response to fear and being exhilarated are very similar. We might <gasps> catch our breath. We might stop and look around. It might heighten our awareness. We might become alert. We might think, oh my God, I'm afraid but we might actually be exhilarated. And so it's very good to just always keep sort of one eye kind of over and looking at what it is that we are experiencing because we might be thinking it's one thing when it's something else. And that sort of heightened awareness, which I know I talk about all the time in Gaia's Temple, is beautiful. And it can be the difference between living really beautifully and happily and pretty miserably. So she says, consider uh, the fullness of your expanded self and consider what presents itself as fear may actually be exhilaration. She goes on to say, as your future approaches, as your future approaches, worry less about how it may receive you and say a prayer instead for your becoming more approachable. I love this. I'm practicing this all the time now, focusing more on how I want to be in the world rather than what the world elicits from me, 
what situations and people, how they make me feel, and then I respond habituated in a habituated way. I'm trying to stay in that place of how do I want to be in response to the world? How can I become approachable rather than worrying about what's coming at me? Very interesting little switcheroo there. Finally, she says, recognize the invisible hands that guide you, the breath that breathes you, the walls and roof that keep cold from chilling you, the water that magically springs from your taps, the long line of ancestors whose every step has made your incarnation possible. You belong to these holy helpers. You have undisputed membership. In your recognition of this wealth, your own life cannot help but become an offering back to that which feeds you. Could there be anything more beautiful than that? That our lives become an offering back to that which feeds us. Essentially, she's talking about the principle of reciprocity. And that is crucial for our well-being. So, here we are in November. Like I said, wow, comes up so quickly. And it drops us into the depths of the year. It is clear now, uh, clear as day now, that we are in seasonal darkness way more than we are in seasonal light. Autumn is just so spectacular. And this was a gorgeous autumn here in the Northwest. And I mean that in the true sense of the word. Spectacular. It was a spectacle. So beautiful. Eye candy. And the glorious weather, of course. Fog and frost signal my favorite time of the year. The cool and the cozy. The dark and delicious. The grateful and the gracious. The goddess is an artist. And I think some of her best work happens in autumn. The Roman philosopher Seneca said that the art that of all the art forms, painting, sculpting, playing, playing an instrument, living is the most difficult. How would our lives be different and how would they be better if we thought of ourselves as artists and our lives that are as our greatest creations? I believe that we co-create our reality with the divine. I believe that there is a greater picture. I definitely believe in the fates and I can follow the non-dual thinking that it's all just happening and we are kind of going along for the ride in that river of life. But I do believe we co-create our reality because we have some free will. I do believe we have free will. We came here like raw material into the world that would be shaped by this difficult art of living. So as we sail down the river of our lives, we are shaped by the currents that we experience. We start as one thing and we end up as something else. But as Teresa will remind us in this next song, we are each of us such fine. Hello, this is Reverend Judith Laxer. Thank you for listening to the podcast of our service entitled The River of Life. My wish is that the food for thought offered nourishes your soul. The Guy's Temple Ministry is sustained by generous donations such as yours, and we need your financial support. If everyone donated just $3 each time they listen and receive the service, that reciprocity would ensure our continuance. If you feel served by listening and wish to donate to help support our ministry, please push the donate button now and give generously. We'd be most grateful. Thank you and blessed be. Okay. Well, 
I want to begin this service today by talking about our recent Samhain ritual, our Samhain celebration, because it was truly remarkable. The priestesses who created and held the sacred space were amazing. The journey to meet our ancestors and what happened there, for me anyway, was one of the most profound experiences I have ever had. And I've been at this for a few decades now. So it really was extraordinary. I want to thank everyone who attended and for bringing your presence because it's what happens when all of us are there together. And it always amazes me um, how palpable it is even over cyberspace. We still feel the energy together even though it's online. It's just extraordinary. So I uh, just want to say that if you have never joined any of our rituals before, I think you should. I think you should give it a go just to see what it's like to experience that deep magic in such loving community, that we are able to hold that kind of energetic so beautifully well. So I hope you'll join us. And uh, as Stina mentioned before, our next one will be Yule, which is Saturday night, December 18th at 7 o'clock. And I hope that you tune in and, and bring your mojo and we'll all have the magic together for Yule. I'd like us to stay in that place that Samhain brings us to for a while, the place of deep reflection, deep contemplation on the greater mysteries of life and death. We're still in the darkest eighth of the year, so let's stay fully present with it while we are here. You know, I don't want us to be so quick to move on and just say, oh, well, that was Samhain, that was, you know, that's when we see the ancestors, and that's, oh, yeah, that was about death. Now it's, you know, now we're on to something else. Let's, like, dwell here for a little while, because there's beauty and depth to be had by staying present with what's going on as we go through the wheel of the year, not just on those Sabbaths. Because what happens when we uh, give ourselves a time to consider those deeper mysteries our mortality and the impermanence of everything and our beloved dead is that it leads us to contemplate why we are here to begin with and also what we wish to make of our lives while we are. And I think it's always good to do that. And one of the reasons why I love the Wheel of the Year is that even if our, in our busy lives we don't do that very often, we come to this dark time of the year where it is very conducive to that. And so nature gives us the opportunity every year to drop down into these deeper mysteries. And we don't want to miss them by just, you know, click, 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 moving forward. One of the things that we find following the wheel is this very interesting dichotomy. It shows us the contrasts constantly. We appreciate the summer more when we are in the darkness of winter. We appreciate the time of growth and abundance uh, when we are in the fallow. And similarly, when we cozy up to death, we truly appreciate being alive. So this past August, I, um, I have a whole bunch of CDs in my car and whenever I'm out there driving, I, you know, I'm listening to my CDs. I still have a CD player in my car, that's how old it is. Anyway, I have this little pocket where I keep all of them, and when I'm finished listening to one, I just reach in and pull any one out uh, without looking for anything specifically, just to see what comes up. 
and I pulled out the CD of Teresa, who is going to be singing for us today, Teresa Tadouri, and it's called The River of Life. I'm like, I don't think I ever listened to this album. And of course, I put it in, and it was just magnificent. When I heard the title song, The River of Life, I just put it on repeat, and I listened to it again and again and again. And this happens for me a lot with Teresa's songs. There are such gems, and they are stories, and they are so beautiful and I just let myself absorb the music, the lyrics, and of course that gorgeous voice of hers. Um, listening to the river of life I felt inspired and of course I loved the metaphor and because the metaphor of our lives as a river or the river of life is a beautiful metaphor and it's just perfect and I will try not to exhaust that metaphor today but no promises. That metaphor can be seen as the river, as both the carrier that carries us through our lives, but also the river that shapes us in our lives. And using the metaphor of the river of life that carries us along through life, we know that these things are true. The first is that rivers are in motion, like life, like us. They are not rooted like in the realm of flora, 